Hart, Dominic Steele here, and today we're thinking about preaching, and particularly preaching and teaching Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Uh, my guest is uh, David Jones. Uh, thanks for coming in, David. Welcome. David, Thank of course, here. one of the uh, the great preachers uh, of the last, uh, well, few decades here in Australia. David, let's, let's start off. Do I introduce you as from Brisbane or from Tasmania? <laughs> uh, look, uh, we lived in uh, Tasmania for 25 years. Um, and we were in Brisbane for five years, so probably, yeah. And you're back in Tasmania back in, now. Back in Tasmania, back in Hobart. And you, yeah. your children are in Tasmania. And yeah, and grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, there's a whole lot to talk to you about. But can mm-hmm. I just ask, the heart of the pastor, and you've just retired, and what's right. God doing in your heart at the moment? Yeah, know? well, I think, uh, I mean, I've been in full-time ministry for 45 years, Uh I've been preaching every weekend for 50 years. <laughs> and so <clears throat> really, at the, uh, just in the last few months, it's been great to be able to sit in a congregation and be ministered to and, uh, and, and to have time to kind of sit back and think about what I'm going to do now with the rest of my life because I'm, you know, I'm now in my 70s. And so uh, I, wanna, I, I, I don't want to waste that time. Uh, I've got a, uh, so it's, it's, it's a chance for me to sort of set some priorities as to what I'm going to do as long as I've got my health. And, and uh, you know, there's loads of opportunities. And one of the things I'm really, we, we, we both want to, to do is have some kind of an input into the lives of our grandchildren. You mm-hmm. know, that's a, they were all born uh, when we were in Brisbane, so we're only now getting to know them. And uh, we look forward to, you know, having some good quality time with them and getting reconnected with the, the, the young leaders back in Hobart, uh, trying to, um, you know, uh, help out there without getting in the way of things. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. It's the first time I've, I've had, been able to sort of sit back and, and reflect on it's the end of my life. <laughs> he says he's, he says he's yeah. sitting back and not preaching every week, but you yeah. are preaching nine times the next fortnight. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. It's, uh, I'm trying to avoid the cliché, you know, when they say I'm busier now than I was when I was working full-time, but it does look a bit like that at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> what, what have been the challenges in, in retirement there? Well, it's, it's early days. It's, it's, um, I, I've really only been uh, ret- I, I re- retired since the beginning of this year. Um, so, and, and because it's early days, uh, um, I've, I've got a pretty full schedule for this year. And uh, so I suppose one of the challenges would be, you know, suddenly finding yourself with an empty diary and uh, trying to f- find ways to occupy yourself without, you know, getting depressed or... But that, at the moment, I've, I've got a, a pretty full schedule, uh, uh, which is spaced out over the year. And uh, um, so I'm, I'm preparing new talks. So in some ways, my, my weekly kind of schedule hasn't changed that much in, in, in lots of ways. Mm. Yeah. Um, Deuteronomy, you've, mm. been, uh, you've been teaching about how to teach Deuteronomy. Along with a number of others, yeah, a bit of a tag team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why preach Deuteronomy? Why should we do yeah. that? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, when I was asked to, uh, to speak, um, I agreed. Uh, but I, I hadn't actually ever preached on Deuteronomy myself. And you, normally what I would do in preparing for a conference like that would be to preach through Deuteronomy to my own congregation. But now I'm retired, I don't have a congregation. And uh, so it was, it's been interesting uh, uh, having 
done the preparation for, for this conference, it's made me realize I should have preached Deuteronomy a long time ago. It's, right. it's a, I think it's a very significant book. It's the key to understanding the Old Testament, really, I think. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of, it points us um, back to the covenant with Abraham. It points us forward to the new covenant. It's, uh, it, it explains the prophets and, you know, the, uh, it, 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 it shows us a, a God who is, who is wanting to bless his people, you know, uh, they could have stayed in the land for a thousand years, a thousand generations. That's thirty thousand years, mm -hmm. and and God wanted them to stay in the land, you know. And but because of their disobedience, they, you know, all the curses of the covenant came on them, and they were uh, eventually exiled, and, and so on. And, and making sense of that, Deuteronomy helps us to make sense of that, I think, and 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 points us forward to uh, uh, to the gospel itself, in a in a very powerful way. So it's, I think it's a key book, really. Um, to understanding the whole Bible, really. It's quoted 80 times in the New Testament. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a number of times on the lips of Jesus himself. Yeah. Having, having done the preparation, mm. um, well, how do you yeah. prepare to preach on a series like this? Yeah, well, I, normally what I, what, what I would have done, <laughs> uh, I would normally, and I, in, in my ministry over the years, uh, I would try and preach a major book once a year, and I would huh. usually be planning the preaching program uh, at least a year in advance. Uh -huh. So with a book like Deuteronomy, I would probably have started uh, reading through the book about six months in advance, you know, trying to work out the, the structure of it and the... Um, uh, breaking it up, seeing how it fitted together, uh, uh, familiarizing myself with the, the, the themes, um, and and I think you know as it, the more the more you do, the more time you've got to do that, and the the, the more time you've got to uh, to think about how how the themes there in that book actually uh, apply to the congregation that you're pastoring, and so um, uh, that's that's one of the things that. Uh, Basically, at the conference, I've just been expounding parts of the book, but I've also been asked to do a seminar on um, past, what are the pastoral reasons for preaching Deuteronomy. And so um, I think you can only do that by reading through the whole book and, and getting familiar with it. And yeah. So first pastoral reason helps us take God yeah. seriously. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think uh, the... Uh, the, probably the key verse in Deuteronomy, you could arguably the key verse in the whole Bible, or the whole Old Testament is, is Deuteronomy 6, 5, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, mm. your God is one. Yeah, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, um, so, you know, in a, uh, in a world where uh, there are many gods, you know, they were going into a land where there were many gods, and when we live in a world where there are many gods, um, it's a reminder to us that there is only one God, mm -hmm. and there is no other God, and uh, this God is the living God, he's the sovereign God. So in Deuteronomy, he's, he's present amongst his people, he's uh, ac acting for his people, he's judging the nations, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a warrior, he's a king, and, and I think um, uh, sometimes I feel that our people the idea of, of, of the God who is there, and remember that Schaeffer's book, The God, yeah. He is there and He's not silent. I think that's really what, uh, 
the, the God, that, that's what Deuteronomy is telling us, that, that uh, he is there, he is really there. And, and we know him because he, he's disclosed himself to us, he speaks to us. And so we know, we know what he expects of us. Um, we know um, how he wants us to relate to him. Uh, we, we can't make that up ourselves. We can't, uh, we can't just imagine him. We have to just encounter him, really, through his word and, uh, and, and worship him in the way that he's, he's, he, he, he's told us that we should. You know? So I think, there's, I think there's a regulative principle in, in Scripture, uh, which obviously it's a, a principle that you have to apply very liberally. You know? I, I'm not saying that there's only one way one very narrow way that we should, you know, worship God. It's it's to do with the whole of our life and, and so on. But 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 God has clearly said, you know, you're not to worship me in the way that these other nations worship. Mm-hmm. You're not to import their uh, their rituals and ceremonies into my worship. Um, uh, we're, we're to know who, we're to know this God. We're to know who He is and and uh, and how to relate to Him. Yeah. Just think about the, uh, mm. there's an obedience as a big yep. theme yeah. in Deuteronomy. That's right, yeah. yeah. I think that's, a, that's an, yes, so I, I think uh, obviously some people see the word obedience and they think, oh, okay, this is, this is, this is salvation by works. We have, to, we have to obey. They see the Ten Commandments as sort of ten rungs in a ladder that we have to climb to get right with God. And, and Deuteronomy makes it very clear, of course, you know, that uh, uh, we obey out of, out of, as a response to what God has, has done for us, you know, it's, it's the it's what Paul calls in the New Testament the obedience of faith. Mm-hmm. It's it's trust and obey. Um, and I think Jeremiah is really helpful to, to 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 kind of give us the contours of what that looks like. You know, the Christian life, the life of faith. Uh, it's it's not um, obedience and faith go together. They're the two sides of the same coin, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the, it's the response to uh, to what God has actually done. In terms of salvation, you know, and for the for Israel at at, at Sinai and at, at the Exodus, and hmm. now you talked a moment ago hmm. about um, investing in your grandchildren. Yeah, um, I think there's a theme in Deuteronomy about hmm. about the generations and about yes. both. I, I guess you'd think about your blood generations, yes. but also. Um, your spiritual yeah. children, the, yes. and, and yeah. you in Tasmania have got yeah. a lot of spiritual children. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think it's uh, yeah that that um, one one of the things that struck me is you know the way God uh, says that uh, his uh, his love uh, for his people um, uh, it, it would be for a thousand generations. Um, uh, that's thirty thousand years. That's how much God wants to bless His people, but we know ourselves from our own experience and and, and from the New Testament how how often you know, within a, just a couple of generations mm. God's people can can just uh, fall away, lose the plot, lose the gospel, and uh, so I think Deuteronomy is helpful because there's 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 that that longing of God that that the, that what he his covenant he wants his covenant to be passed on for generations you know and he's there's some very um, clear kind of guidance there as to how that should be done. It, it's 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 a kind of relational thing rather than a programmatic thing. It's it's um, it's it's not a ritualistic thing. The Jews took it ritualistically, you know, and 
strap things under their head and... So, so, what, yeah. so what have you and Ruth resolved to do as a result of your, um, yeah. your journey through Deuteronomy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah look, I, I think talking with our kids and our grandchildren uh, in, in a natural way, seeing every, um, every opportunity to talk about everything, you know, uh, through, the, through the, um, the perspective of the gospel and bringing the gospel to bear on, on you know, trivial things as well as big things in their lives. I mean, our grandchildren are very young at the moment, but... So, you know, there are lots of things I'm thinking um, I'd like to be able to um, just sit down with them, take them through the catechism in a... In a and our kids, when they were young, went through um, the, the short catechism, uh, through the story of Ferdinand the Engine, Sorry, I didn't do that. So no, you, you, no, need, yeah. you need to so tell there's me. There's, a, there's, a, there's um, uh, John Benton in, in, in England. He's a Baptist pastor, and his wife uh, brought out a, a little storybook about Ferdinand, the engine that went off the rails, and um, t- tied it into the questions and answers in the catechism. And uh, there's a lovely little kind of song that goes through the, the whole story. Uh, you know, and um, so, who made you? God made me. What else did God make? God made all things. Why did God make all things? For his own glory. And that's put to a catchy little tune. And then you go through the whole story through uh, the eyes of Ferdinand the engine. So I'm looking forward to doing that, actually. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's a yeah. nice little, little uh, children's book, but there's, there's the songs that go with it as well. So that's one way of doing it. Um, but, you know, just hanging out with them, getting to know them getting them so that they can know us and, and trust us and talk to us about anything, really. Yeah. Deuteronomy and mission. Mm. Yeah. I found uh, uh, Chris Wright has, has written a commentary on Deuteronomy, and he's, he's done a lot on Deuteronomy, I think, and I, th- I found that his... And also a guy called Mark um, Glanville. Is it Mark mm-hmm. Glanville? He's, a, he's an Australian, isn't he, I think? Yeah, yeah. Living in the States. I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, he's he's he's. I think he's in the process of writing a commentary, or, but he's certainly written quite a number of articles looking at uh, the theme of mission in Deuteronomy. And uh, one of the things that struck me is uh, Chris Wright brings this out that there's there's a kind of almost um, a, a kind of linguistic connection with um, the Great Commission and Deuteronomy in the in the sense that um, how does he put it? He talks about Jesus taking. Um, a Deuteronomic uh, position as, as Yahweh, uh, the God of heaven and earth. You know, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. And yeah. he, he sort of says, well, that's almost kind of Deuteronomic, uh, what, what he's claiming there. Uh, and, and then, you know, when we're told, I mean, when, when, sometimes at the Great Commission, we're just told, just go, you know, or go and preach the gospel. But the Great Commission tells us that we're to go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and that's almost straight Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. you know, because that's one of the phrases that comes up again and again yeah. in Deuteronomy. Um, and so th- that's, that's more than simply evangelizing. It's, 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 it's the whole community um, on mission, really, in everything they do, uh, uh, going into the world uh, and... Uh, so God's, God's mission is for the whole church. Uh, that doesn't mean that everybody in the church does the same thing, you know, but together as a community, uh, just, you know, I think uh, we're, we're to be a city on a hill, 
that can't be hid. We are to be an alternative society. We are to show compassion to strangers, you know, um, migrants. We are to, we're to be a, a community where everybody flourishes and everybody thrives. And that's the outworking of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a gospel community, really. Uh, and that's, that's attractive. Uh, it's scary and attractive at the same time. You know, it's, uh, it's different, and it, it, but it also um, draws people in. Uh, mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and so I, I think, you know, we're, we're told to... Um, I mean, Israel's, Israel's calling was to be uh, a blessing to the nations, a light to the Gentiles. You know, uh, they failed in that, uh, uh, but that's that's uh, that is the great commission. Really, that we're to bring the good news of you know, uh, the gospel to, to all nations, and we do that in word and deed. Mm. And we do it together as a community. Mm. How do you see grace in Deuteronomy? Mm. Yeah, it, look, it's it's uh, it's all about, it's all about grace. It's it's about God's desire to. It, well, it's God's great plan to bring everything under the, you know, under subjection to Christ, under under His authority, and and it's a stage in that the outworking of that plan. So God's God's covenant is a, with Abraham is a covenant of grace. You know, God wants uh, uh, His people to be uh, blessed and to be a blessing to the nations, uh, and uh, so. One of the big, well, yeah, one of the, one of the big things I think is that the, the whole of the um, the outworking of uh, you know, the instructions and the the the, the commandments. Then it, it's all it's all um, kind of coming out of what God has actually done. And again and again, they're told that they're to remember what the Lord has done yeah. in the past. Uh, uh, remember what? Yeah, this, this is an interesting thing that he talks about. Remember that at Sinai you heard this voice. They weren't there. They were a different generation, you know. But there's a sense in which what God did at Sinai, he did for, for them all. Yeah. yeah. In the same way as, you know, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And the answer is yes, uh, we were there, you know. I was saved at 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon outside Jerusalem. That's where I was yeah, saved. Yeah. That's the saving act. And... and uh, that's where I encounter God, really, uh, um, through that, uh, and, and as a response to that. And I think that's, that's um, yeah, grace is, 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 is really underwriting the whole of, of Deuteronomy, really, God's gracious act of salvation. Mm. How do you break up the book? So, mm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. if you were, you talked about your initial preparation, in yeah. planning to preach yeah. a book like this. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was talking to Gary Miller. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the expert on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't talking to him about, him about Deuteronomy. Oh, I was okay. talking to him about yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeremiah. And, yes, um, yes. He did uh, something recently, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, we, he was speaking at the CMS yeah. summer school in yeah. January, and uh, yeah. we caught up with him that week. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and so I asked him about preaching yeah. Jeremiah, yeah. and would you preach um, mm. 61 chapters mm. over, mm. over four years, mm. or would you preach, mm. um, as he did, yeah. It in six chapter blocks yeah, and get um, through it all in yeah. seven days. You said you wished you'd preached Jeremiah earlier yeah. in your preaching De- ministry. De- 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 yeah. earlier yeah. in your preaching ministry, and yeah. how do you wish you'd preached it? Yeah, uh, look, I would have. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't because I've still got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think um, 
It's, it, I think the, the actual breakup of the book is fairly straightforward. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's both a spoken word and, and, and a written document. Yeah. You know, and um, it's in the shape of, of a covenant treaty, but it's, 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 it's basically it's Moses preaching yeah. and using perhaps the covenant treaty as a way of delivering the sermons, yeah. if you like. I think there are three, three talks, three, three sermons. Uh, so one, you've got at least three talks to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we, one is looking back, I think, and, and, and looking back at uh, and reminding them of, of, of where they've been and uh, how God has been faithful to them. And, and then the, the, the bulk of the, the, the book, I think, would be more difficult to preach uh, um, from, say, chapter 12 through to 26. Uh, you, you, you've got all these instructions that are basically. I think uh, it's the it's the the Decalogue, it's the Ten Commandments being applied to their the situation that they're about to enter into, yeah. and, and that being fleshed out. That's going to be difficult to preach, but it's. Uh, I think when you understand that that's what's happening, uh, you, there are there are clues there as to how you would apply it in a to a contemporary situation. And then, then it comes to a climax at the end of that in chapters 27 and 28 where you've got the uh, blessings and curses, you know, and the, the covenant ceremony, the covenant being renewed um, uh, and uh, people being called on to choose which way they're going to go, uh, to choose life. Uh, and, and you've got, a, I think, right at the very end, in chapter 30 in particular, you've got this, well, 29 and 30, you've got a very clear forward look to uh, to the gospel it's, it's obvious that Moses sees that they're not going to you know there's an imbalance of blessings and curses there are more curses than blesses, blessings and, and the curses are very specific and there are lots of clues in Deuteronomy that Moses really doesn't think what well, he knows that they're not going to actually keep the covenant uh, and uh, you know the the the, the the curses culminate in actually being exiled from the land, and you know at the at the end of Deuteronomy he says, well, when that happens, you know, and so um, there's kind of it's it's pointing us forward to something else that's got to you know if 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 Israel is going to to be saved, then something else has to happen. They need help from outside of themselves. Uh, there's the um, Somehow the, the tension between the blessings and curses has to be resolved, you know. Uh -huh. God wants to bless them, but he has to curse them because of their disobedience. And, and, and that's the kind of, that's the tension in, in Deuteronomy, it's the tension in the Old Testament throughout the Bible, really, that, that propels the story forward towards the cross. Because, you know, that's, uh, uh, so that's, that's where, the, you know, um, obviously justice and mercy meet and... Uh, and also there's the promise of, of the new covenant and of the, the God's going to perform surgery on our hearts and uh, circumcise the heart. Uh, and all that's there in Deuteronomy. So it's, it's all of grace, right? It's, yeah. When I come to preach a passage, mm. one of the questions I ask, what's the main point of the passage? But yeah. another question I ask is, um, if I didn't have this chapter in the Bible, yes. what would I miss out on yeah. in terms of my understanding yeah. of God? Yeah. And so what's your answer mm. on Deuteronomy there? That you think, if, ah, if, this bit, yeah. yeah. If Deuteronomy itself, the whole book was wasn't, something. wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, Because I think it yeah. presumably would be a big answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah. I think the the uh, the whole idea of of the uh, God being a, uh, a, a a covenantal God, you know, that He's faithful to His promise, that the promise that He made to Abraham, uh, Deuteronomy twenty nine, I think it 
talks, Moses talks there about God having sworn on oath to Abraham. And you ask, well, where did he do that? When did he do that? And Tim Keller's helpful actually on that. He's got a, an article in a, in a new book that's come out on on, um, on, on that chapter, and, and he, he sort of says, well, when did God make that oath to Abraham? And, and he, it's Genesis 15. It's that weird, right. bizarre ceremony of you know cutting into pieces and yeah, and um, uh, it's a bit like so you know, cross my heart and hope to die. God is saying you know if I don't bless you, I'm going to die. I, I, I'm going to you know I, 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 if I don't keep my promise, um, I will be torn to pieces. You know, uh, and, and I mean the weird thing is that Abraham isn't asked to walk through those pieces. Uh, this impenetrable darkness comes down and then there's this smoking torch and it, God himself walks through the pieces. Uh, and he's basically, that's where he's, and the, the chapter ends, Genesis 50 answers, it ends with God saying, with Genesis saying that, uh, so God entered into a covenant with Abraham. So God is taking both the blessings and the curses. He is taking the you know, responsibility for uh, blessing, but also taking responsibility for uh, the curses as well. You know, so if if I don't bless you, I'll be torn to pieces. If you don't keep the covenant, you'll be torn to pieces. But I'm not asking you to walk through this. I'm going to do it myself. Mm. And he was torn to pieces. You know, nails, spears, darkness enveloped him on the cross. Um, this is my body broken for you. Yeah. You know, so. So, so I think that's. That, I think Deuteronomy and the idea of the covenant uh, uh, that that helps us to understand the gospel at a, a more profound level. I think um, mm. if we didn't have that covenant theology there in the Old Testament, we wouldn't really appreciate the gospel quite as we should. Yeah, David Jones, thanks very much for coming in. Thank you. My guest on the Pastor's Heart this week has been David Jones. And uh, David, of course, has uh, exercised an extensive ministry in Tasmania over the last um, three decades and more recently in Ann Street in Brisbane. And you are with us on the Pastor's Heart and we'll look forward to your company again next week. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.